Be expectant for God to move today in your lives. Be expectant for the miracle worker to make himself known and alive in you today. Amen. If you can come with expectancy and hunger, Jesus will not let you down. He is faithful. When we are expectant, he can never let us down. Where his true kingdom is, where his true power is, and his true kingdom is here, is here right now. Hallelujah. He's shown us evidence of this. The Bible says when it talks about the kingdom of God, it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power where miracles are taking place. Like we see Jesus doing all throughout his ministry. Never, never just talk, never just preaching. And when he did preach, it carried power on his words. There was anointing on his words. But it was never just words. There was always power. There was always miracles. There was always healing. There were always deliverances. There were always demons being cast out. There were people being risen from the dead. There were people who were blind who could now see. The deaf could now hear. All of the time, read through the Gospels, and this is absolutely what you find. Amen. And then we read in the book of Acts. We see the apostles, the other ministers of God doing the same things, the same miracles. They're never just preaching in word. But there is always, always, always the demonstration of power. This is what God has been up to here, is he has been moving in power. He has blown us away with the mighty miracles he does every single revival in the park And every single live during the week when I go live online, through little one-minute clip videos, people receiving miracles as they watch, thousands of people across the world testifying of all sorts of miracles, healings, deliverances that they're receiving. Hallelujah. His kingdom is here, and you shall receive his kingdom today. I want to give glory to God now and share some of the testimonies that he has done just this past week through the lives. I go live on Instagram, on Facebook, and TikTok um, every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. And it's amazing how God is touching people all over the world, all sorts of different countries, from Australia, from India, countries in Africa, countries in the Caribbean, South America, Europe. I mean, really the whole world, people are tuning in and testifying of miracles they're receiving as they watch. So I want to share some of these testimonies just from this past week of what God has done for people. This one person, and these are testimonies they write in the live. One person says, wow, my stomach pain just stopped as I entered the live. Hallelujah. Um, When she told my arthritis to be healed, my joint pain numbed and my joints cracked less. It used to be a very sharp pain between my joints, but now it feels numb and manageable. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. When you spoke healing over OCD, I felt dizzy and my head feels lighter now. Thank you so much, Jesus. Hallelujah. God has healed my eyes. I open my eyes and I feel much better. Who else is crying with me here? And someone writes, crying. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for me. Another person writes, God took away my tooth pain I had for over a week when she prayed on Tuesday. Another one wrote, I got healed of my toothache on Sunday. As they were watching live from from last revival in the park, last Sunday, they were healed while watching live, watching this right here. Hallelujah. I feel so happy right now. I'm crying happy tears. I definitely feel the Holy Spirit. God, oh, this is a testimony of someone who who attended last week. Her name is Rosemary. She attended last week and she wrote on the live, God gave me my dream job I never thought I had. I went to revival in the park last Sunday and I know that God did this. I'm amazed. Hallelujah. All sorts of miracles. He cares about abundant life in every area. I wish I can get on a plane right now to come to Revival in the Park. I'm so serious about God. Hallelujah. 
I just watched your baptism of the Holy Spirit video on YouTube and felt the fire over my heart and through my arms. Praise God. My heart has been hard for so long, but right now I feel the hardness melting away. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Gosh, the Holy Spirit is so filling. Praise God. I feel so holy. I feel so, I feel so filled with the Holy Spirit that I'm crying. Someone else writes, I'm crying, and I felt a change just now in my body and everything. I feel set free. Thank you, Jesus. Another writes, my headache went away. Another writes, I feel like God just healed me. Another writes, I feel you're speaking to me. It's like God told you what I'm going through right now. I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm crying right now. I, this just revived my faith. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus for what he has done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are so amazed at you, Jesus. We are so in awe, Lord. We are so humbled, and we just say thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being true to your word of revival is now. Thank you for bringing us revival. Amen. Thank him. Thank him for this. This is no small thing. This is huge. Hallelujah. When we celebrate what he did on that cross for us. God wants you to fully understand what we are celebrating. He wants you to fully understand the price he paid. What he purchased for you. Exactly what he purchased for you. Because if you don't know exactly what he purchased for you, you cannot receive it. Jesus says, believe in me and you will receive salvation. You will receive eternal life. God wants you to know the full revelation of that of salvation, of eternal life. We will live forever in heaven with Jesus. What does that mean, really? There's much more than many Christians realize. There's much more. Hello. There's much more that Jesus has purchased for you than many people realize. And it's important you know that it's important you know the scheme of the enemy in a believer's life, strategically a believer's life. The scheme of the enemy in non-believer's life is different. He'll say tons of times God's not real, etc. But he has a different scheme for believers. And as believers, we have to be prepared for this, be aware of this, so we can catch him in his scheme. Once a believer accepts Jesus, there's nothing he can do. Now you have salvation. Now you will live in heaven with Jesus eternally. You will not go to hell. So what is the enemy's strategy now? to try to make your life while you're on earth before you die a living hell. That's his scheme. How does he do that? He does not have any power. The only power he has is when we give it to him. How do we give it to him? Why would we give it to him? Because we believe his lies. So the only thing he has is lies. So there is a specific scheme over believers, especially in America. The scheme may not be as much in places like Africa, but especially in America, there's a specific scheme for you to think that when you die, you will go to heaven, but while you live on earth, bad things will happen, and that's just that. Sickness might happen, and that's just that. Poverty is just your portion. You'll never have abundant life in your finances. 
there's certain issues in your family. That's just, that's just how life goes. Many Christians think that the only thing that Jesus purchased was for you to get a ticket to heaven. That's not all that Jesus purchased for you. This is what most Christians think, that you were given a ticket. This is, what he, this is what he did. He gave you a ticket to heaven, and he lives in you, and you can be friends with him now, which is true, hallelujah, and we celebrate that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't go to hell when we die. Thank you that we get to live eternally in heaven with you, Jesus where there's no, none of the problems of this world in heaven. Hallelujah, we rejoice in that. Amen, we rejoice in that. And thank you, Jesus, that we can be friends with you now. The veil was torn. He tore that veil, and now we can have intimate connection with God. Nobody to go through, no priest to have to go through. You can talk to him directly. He hears you directly. He's always with you. Hallelujah. Many Christians somewhat get this. There's still a lot of revelation that needs to be had in that, though. <laughs> the power of God in you, what that means, and the fact that he's always listening and, and speaking to you. Wow. And he loves you so intimately. But most, most believers end there. When they celebrate Easter, these are the only things that they are praising God for and thanking God for because they think that these are the only things that Jesus purchased for them. This is the scheme of the enemy so that while Christians live on this earth, they, the things they see on their life, they don't have faith in that there can be change. When they see bad things happening in their life, they don't have faith that there can be change because they don't understand that Jesus purchased them to have abundant life in every area. The Bible says that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Another translation says, so that you may have abundant life. Today you will know the true meaning of abundant life. This is what God wants you to know more than anything. This is the best way we can celebrate him today is to have your eyes open to what this abundant life that he's giving you really is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel God here today. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Adam and Eve, when they were put on, on this earth, there was no sickness. There was no lack. There was peace, there was joy, there was beauty. It was paradise. They lived in paradise. Adam and Eve are not more special than you. Jesus loves you just as much as he did when he created them. And his desire for them to have this beautiful life in communion with him, living in paradise where he provides everything and they have authority on this earth, that's the same plan for you. Eve disobeyed God. This, this in turn made her to hand the authority. Adam and Eve handed the authority that God had given them. They handed it to the enemy when they obeyed the enemy instead of God. It was them that handed the authority over. Remember I said that the enemy only has power when we give it to him. So they chose to give power to the enemy. And when they did that, this curse came upon mankind, humanity. For example, 
Genesis 3.17, it says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. There was a curse. So what God had intended was now completely changed. There was a curse upon it. They couldn't have abundant life anymore. The enemy had power over them. He could inflict sickness, and that's just how it was. There was now a veil. There was now no intimacy between God and people like there was with Adam and Eve. But God, out of his love for you, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us, to break and destroy that curse forever, to to tear the veil to restore this intimacy we, we can have with God. The enemy no longer has power over us anymore because of what Jesus did. Before Jesus came, people would sin and sin had power over them. They couldn't stop sinning no matter how hard they tried. And when they sinned, they were, they were tarnished. They were dirty. The only way to try to cover up their sin was to sacrifice animals. But this would not remove their sins. It would just cover the sins. Just cover it. And they would have to keep on doing this, keep on doing this. They were in bondage. But we see first here that there's some sort of power in blood. The fact that animals' blood is what helped the situation, covered the sins, There's power. There's a supernatural power in the blood this reveals. Amen? So when Jesus came, he was sacrificed as the lamb for us. There was power in his blood. There was true supernatural power in that blood. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 17, it says, Since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. What Jesus did on that cross, the meaning of him going on the cross and being resurrected, is that now you are no longer a, a dirty sinner but you are the righteousness of God. He sees you as pure, as blameless. He's made you that way. The past is gone. Your old self was crucified with Jesus in the grave. There was a spiritual thing that happened. Your old life was taken to the grave with Jesus. And when he resurrected, your new life was created. You resurrected with Jesus out of the grave. This is a spiritual, supernatural thing, not a physical thing. Not something you see with your natural eyes. But this is the true spiritual, supernatural truth of what occurred when you gave your life to Jesus. You were resurrected with him. You have new life now. He doesn't see your past anymore at all. He sees this new creation. He sees his child, his beloved son and daughter. That's what he sees now. And this is why it says all that he is and all that he has is yours. He's the best kind of father we could imagine that wants the best for his children. So Jesus Who is Jesus now? Is Jesus sick? No. Jesus has complete health. So you are healed. You have abundant health because Jesus has abundant health. Amen? It says in Isaiah 53, 5, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. 
The meaning of stripes. The meaning of stripes. By his stripes. What are his stripes? The meaning was when, before they put Jesus on the cross, they tortured him. They whipped him with not just a whip, but this tool that had that had thing like sharp pieces, sharp sharp objects hanging off of it, hanging off of like a whip. It was like strings with sharp objects. So when they went like this to Jesus, the sharp objects ripped his flesh out. That's the price he paid for you to have healing. Specifically, him enduring that right there. He was he was getting the stripes for you. He says, let me be here and take this. So my daughter, so my son may be healed. This is part of the abundant life that he talks about. He has purchased complete healing for you. Healing in your body, healing in your mind. He already did it. But remember I said that the enemy's specific scheme is to keep you in hell while you're on earth. To try to trick you to think, well, the doctor says I have this. Or this disease, this cancer has been in my family for generations. It's just genes. It's just science, etc. Well, it's a pandemic and it, you, you get it just by people breathing near you and stuff. It's just science. It's, you know, the enemy likes to, to, likes to speak these lies that the thing, how things are in the world when in terms of sickness is how it is. And that's just how it is. And that's reality. But the truth is, is that Jesus provided healing for you. He wants you to see yourselves. You're living like heaven on earth here. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives in you. He doesn't want your body to be sick because he loves you. He wants you to have full, complete, abundant health. He does. He does. He wants that. So what's the catch? If he's provided that, how, do, how come some people don't see that? He says, believe in me and you will receive eternal life, salvation. When he's speaking that, he's speaking of abundant life here and now. Not only lovely heavenly life once you go to heaven, but he's speaking, I've given you new life right now. When he speaks, believe in me and you'll receive salvation, eternal life, he's speaking of everything I purchased on that cross, I've now given you right now. So if we only believe in 1% of what Jesus provided for us on that cross, then you will only receive that 1%. Because this is the spiritual principle of how things work, of how we access the kingdom of God in our lives. If you only believe, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to go to heaven, and that's it. That's all you'll get, and your life on earth will be like you're not even a believer. You're not going to receive the benefits, the reward that Jesus purchased for you. That's why he says to so many people throughout the Bible, believe and you will receive. Believe and I will raise your daughter from the dead. If you just believe, you have to believe if you want this to happen. So Jesus has already provided healing for you, complete healing. The way now to receive it is simply to believe that he already has given you this. That in the spiritual realm, you will, or you, you were already healed. That when a threat of a pandemic comes, you don't worry at all. You don't think, think like the people of the world think. You don't think about probabilities. You don't think about science and everything. You think how Jesus thinks. By his stripes, I am healed. Sickness will not come in my body. 
by his stripes I am healed. Sickness cannot touch me. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you think this way, that's what you receive. You access the healing. You access the spiritual healing that's already yours. You, you bring it now into the physical realm. The way it works, these things that Jesus has provided for you on the cross, the way it works is it's like he's purchased this present for you that's under the Christmas tree. He's done his part. He spent a lot on this. It was a huge cost. He went through such care and such heart and such intention to give you this gift for, his, for a beautiful, specific purpose because he loves you so much and he wants more than anything for you to open that gift and enjoy it that's what gives him such joy is for you to receive what he went to such cost to give you but if the present just sits there unopened by you you can never receive it it's there it's right there All you have to do is open it up. The action of opening it up is believing. Is believing this is mine. It's different than a maybe Jesus will heal me. I'm going to go to Fivefold Church Revival in the Park because I've heard a lot of people are healed. Maybe God will heal me, but I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't know. I don't know if this sickness can be healed, though. This is, I mean, I haven't heard of a testimony of this. It's been with me for so many years. I don't know. Maybe. That's not faith. Jesus shows us what, the, what faith looks like, faith in terms of receiving healing looks like. He shows us in his word. The woman with the issue of blood, bleeding for so many years. Nobody could cure her. No doctor could cure her. But she heard that, Jesus was doing all these miracles, and she had this faith. I know that only if I touch the hem of his rope, I will be healed. And that's what she did. She went up in a big crowd of people. She didn't go to the extent of tapping on his shoulder and say, Jesus, what do you think? Do you think you could heal me? No. She went boldly and confidently, knowing that it was hers. Knowing, knowing God's heart, knowing God's heart that he absolutely wanted to heal her. No questions asked. I'm going to receive it. And Jesus goes, wow, I just felt power leave me. Who touched me? He was amazed. It brought him so much joy because she had true faith. And the Bible says she was immediately healed. So this is how to receive. This is how to receive. You want to be healed? Show up to where the true kingdom of God is because God uses vessels to heal. Amen? Like we see Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, there was a location of where the power of God was flowing. They were bringing up handkerchiefs, putting them on Apostle Paul's skin, and then bringing them to sick people, and demons were cast out, sickness were gone. So God just chooses to use people. It's just how he does it. So hear about the testimonies. Hear about the testimonies I've just heard. And come to Revival in the Park, Fivefold Church, and I'm going to be healed today. I know I will be healed today. Because this is what Jesus wants for me. It's what he's already purchased for me. And he's doing it. He's done it for others. He's going to do it for me. Absolutely. You attend the lives. You hear people have been doing, been healed on the lives. You know, I, I'm going to attend this live right now, and I'm going to be healed. That is the way to receive healing. That is the way. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He will not let you down. So number one, healing is what he provided on the cross for you. So when we celebrate Easter, when we celebrate his resurrection, when we thank God for what he did on that cross, Thank him also for healing, healing you, for providing healing. Every kind of sickness, every kind of mental sickness, every kind of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, 
every kind of sickness in your body, every kind of pain in your body, he has provided healing for you. Hallelujah. Jesus has also provided protection for you. There's a scripture that says, you're in my hands and nothing can harm you. Nothing can touch you. So why should we worry? Why should we worry? Why should we worry about tomorrow, about the future, about what will happen? We are protected by God. He has good, amazing plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give you hope and a future. Amen? Hallelujah. He's also giving you abundance in every area which includes your finances. Before there was that scripture I read in Genesis about that curse upon that curse upon humanity that when you work the ground when you when you work there's a curse upon you where you can never get ahead basically is the meaning of the scripture that you will work and you will work and you will work and you don't have any fruit of your work. That's the meaning of that scripture I read in Genesis. But Jesus destroyed that curse. Now he says, I will bless the work of your hands. Amen. So now we have this confidence that God wants you to have more than enough. That you will never be in lack. And not just that, God wants you to be blessed. And people can look at you and say, wow, in every area of your life, wow, they shine. Wow, God is with them. How is your life like it is? How have doors opened for you in life like this? Jesus. Jesus wants you you to receive abundant life in your finances, in your business, in your career. He's given this to you, but when you have this poverty mindset, you cannot receive it. You cannot. It's the same principle. Jesus has provided this for me, so I will not have lack. I will have more than enough. I will be able to bless others because God has given me such abundance. I have a heart to give. I have a heart to donate. I have a heart to help people, help orphans, have confidence. Ah, God gave me this heart. And God will see that this dream comes to pass. This is his will for me to have more than enough to bless people. For me to have more enough for his glory. It's not supposed to be this way that people look at people in the world and it looks like that's the way to, to be, to have money in this world, is to look, to, to not follow God. That's not how God wants it to be. But many Christians have been blinded by the enemy thinking that we're supposed to be super poor. That's, that's not of God. And it's not representing Jesus to the world. And it keeps you from fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. God has called some of you to have such influence. God has called some of you to invest. Invest in organizations, in, in people, and, and use you as a world changer in that way. Hallelujah. But you have to believe this to receive this. Thank you, God, for giving me abundant life in every area. Thank you for giving me abundance in my finances. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Genesis 3.17, it says, Curse is the ground before you. Through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. God has destroyed, Jesus has destroyed that curse now. That now when you work, God will bless the work of your hands. There will be supernatural grace and power on your work. I, I'm telling you, I've seen God open doors that only he can open. Because I went to work for him. 
providing for me in ways I could never imagine, providing for me in ways financially I could never dream of. But it's because I went to work for him. I obeyed him and I really went to work. I worked hard. And that work didn't produce just regular fruit that normal people in the world experience. But that work produced supernatural fruit in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And God has purchased you peace. Perfect peace. It says in John 14, 27, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. So Jesus has given you, this is what he's given you on the cross, perfect peace, not of this world. Not the kind that changes when a pandemic hits. Not the kind that changes upon circumstances, but he's given you perfect peace that will remain with you no matter what, no matter the circumstances. If you can believe that he's already given you this. So when you feel depressed, when you feel scared, when you feel worried, you remind yourself, God has given me perfect peace. So the enemy does not have power over me anymore in my mind. Before Jesus, you can't control it. Enemy can take over and you can be full of depression, full of anxiety, full of sorrow, full of worry. But if you believe that Jesus provided this for you, now you can, you can say, Jesus has given me perfect peace. Confess it. As you confess it, the enemy has to flee. And you will notice his peace coming. You will notice his peace clearing out all of the depression, all of the worry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lastly, Jesus wants you to know that his power is living inside of you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive inside of you now. Wow. The same exact power. You don't have 5% of Jesus or 25% of Jesus, you have 100% of Jesus, the miracle worker who did any kind of miracle. He's living inside of you right now. He's here with us right now, ready to do the same miracles that we read about in the Gospels, that we read about being done through the apostles and other ministers in the book of Acts. The same power is here right now. These miracles that have been happening are happening because Jesus rose from the grave. Because he is risen, because he is alive, because his resurrection power is in us now. That is why the miracles are happening. That is why. They are happening because we believe in this resurrecting power of Jesus where nothing is impossible. That's why miracles are happening because we believe. That's why I say with confidence you will receive a miracle. You will be healed. You will be set free. You will receive a job if you need it. You will receive abundance in your finances. You will receive restoration in your relationships. Whatever you need, whatever you need, you will receive it. I say this confidently because I know what Jesus did for you on that cross. Because I know the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Because I know that he is in me that he is among us, that he is with you, that his power is here. That's why I say it with confidence. 
Hallelujah. Let's touch God's heart. Amen. Do you want to touch his heart? You want to say thank you? You want to give him a gift, right? Today's about him. Every day's about him. Today we are celebrating him. Today, let's give a gift to him, touch his heart. How do we touch his heart? What touches God's heart the most? It says in the Bible in Hebrews. It says in Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. You come with faith to receive what he's given you. He will reward you. This is the only place in the Bible that says how to please God. You cannot please God without faith. Now faith is, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When Jesus rose from the grave, his disciples who were close with him, his disciples who were close with him, they weren't expecting him to raise from the grave. Even though Jesus was with them close, saying to them, this is what's going to happen. It says in the Bible, he spoke candidly. He spoke clearly to them. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be crucified. On the third day, I'm going to raise from the grave. This is what's going to happen. He says, all of the prophecies of the prophets that prophesied that I would be crucified and raised from the grave, it's going to happen. He spoke to them directly, clearly. Yet, none of them had faith to expect and believe that in three days, they would see him again. None of them. They weren't expecting it. They were full of sorrow. He had just been crucified, and they were full of so much sorrow, no expectancy for him to raise from the grave. When, when, if they could believe what Jesus had said, they could have been already receiving the abundant life. They could have been rejoicing. Instead of being full of sorrow, they could have been rejoicing. I can't wait. For three days from now, I can't wait. Jesus is going to raise from their grave. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to do the things greater than these that he said. I can't wait. It's being fulfilled what had been prophesied for so long. It's being fulfilled. I can't wait. That kind of attitude, that faith is what would have pleased God more than anything. But they missed it because they weren't taking his word seriously and having faith. They were just seeing the physical reality. They were seeing, I saw with my own eyes, he was crucified. He's dead. They were just seeing the physical reality. They weren't looking into the spiritual realm. Mary and other women saw that Jesus' body was no longer there. They ran back and told the other disciples, and they didn't believe them. Even though Jesus had said that would happen, even though Jesus said the prophecies would be fulfilled, the disciples didn't even believe Mary and the other's word. Then we see there's these two disciples that are walking down the road, and Jesus is risen, and he comes alongside them, and he says, what are you guys talking about? He was testing them. And they say, oh, we're so sad because Jesus died. 
And he was supposed to be the hope for Israel. And Jesus, they don't recognize Jesus even though they were his disciples. Wow. This is how in the physical realm they were looking, not in the spiritual, not having faith. And he says to them um, in, in verse 25 of Luke 24, How foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He then stayed with them for dinner when he broke the bread. That is when they, their eyes were opened and they realized, this is Jesus. Wow. And I share this. I share this with you today to remind you what faith is. What God is looking for, what touches God's heart. The Bible's powerful. We have examples of here. Let's learn from their examples. Let's not be lacking in faith. Let's not forget Jesus' words like they did. You can see Jesus is frustrated. He says, how foolish you are. Didn't you remember my words? It says when, when Mary saw that Jesus was gone, it says in the Bible, then they remember Jesus' words. Can we value God's words? Can we value these scriptures that I read to you today? That healing is yours, that deliverance is yours, that abundant life in every area is yours, abundance in your finances is yours. Can we, can we touch God's heart today? He says, you will do the things that I did and greater things. You will do the things that I did and greater things. Hallelujah. You will do it because he chooses to use vessels because he now is living inside of us. Jesus came on this earth to show us what to do as he would come and live inside of us. Jesus didn't come on this earth to do miracles and then that's that. And now all you get is, is a ticket to heaven. That was fun what I did, doing the miracles back then, but nope, now you just get a ticket to heaven and attend church without power of God. Nope, nope. He says, you will do the things I did and greater. You will do it. He came, to, he came to show us how to do it. Show us how to release the kingdom. That's, that's why he came. Hallelujah. So, we're in revival now. Revival is beginning here. And I see you all here. All of you who have come here. I see you like the first disciples that were with Jesus. Chosen ones. This thing that God is doing is so new. It's not new according to his word, but it's new in terms of Christianity today in the past hundreds of years. It's brand new. And these disciples, they had a hard time valuing God's words and really believing he would raise from the from the dead because it had never been done before and maybe they thought me am I really chosen for this to be strong in my faith am I really chosen for this maybe it made them doubt when the time came the testing of faith came. I see you now as disciples who God has chosen to carry this revival. For it to be like Jesus raising from the grave and now, okay, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, take it to all the nations. 
it's been kind of stagnant since pretty much since when Jesus originally resurrected. So now it's like a fresh start. God's like, okay, we're going to try this again. Celebrate my resurrection. Have revelation of my resurrection. And now walk in it. Do what other disciples could not do in the past. Choose to believe. Choose to believe. Choose to believe. This is how we will touch God's heart today. If we can have this faith right now. If we can have faith in him to do the impossible. If we can take it seriously, what he's called us to, to be a disciple in this revival that will spread across the whole world. If we can take this seriously, take it to heart, choose to be diligent in our faith. See how serious it is, what serious business it is to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. John 6, 53, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. There is power in taking communion. He says, you will eat my body. You will eat my flesh. You will drink my blood. This is the spiritual meaning that we are accepting him. Accepting him in all that he is. All that he has given us. We are making him a part of us. So he... He encouraged, he, 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 he instructed the disciples to take in remembrance bread, juice, or wine. Take this in remembrance of me. Take it in remembrance of what I've done for you. But he wants you to take it not in this mindset of tradition or guilt but to have the revelation of what I just shared with you today, of what he really did. It is finished. Don't be focused on the past like the disciples who were sad that he died and weren't expecting his resurrection. Don't live in the past like them. But when you take communion... Be expectant. Think about all that Jesus did for you. Thank him with joy in your heart. Expect to receive the fullness of what he provided for, for you to see it in the manifest in every area of your life, from spiritual to physical. That's how God wants it to be when you take communion. When you're taking communion, you are remembering and accepting what Jesus has done for you. Yes, by your stripes, I am healed. I take this blood now. I drink this blood now. My body is healed because of this blood, because I'm taking this blood. Hallelujah. There is such power in communion when we do this. He says, when you do this, take this, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Now the prophetic revelation of in remembrance, it means to really 
honor and value this moment of taking communion. There's things that we do on this earth that, that helps us really bring honor and value to something. Like Christmas, we celebrate just once a year. It brings more honor, expectancy, and value to it because we celebrate it once a year. God does not want taking communion to be tradition where it loses its value, it loses its power, where you're just going through the, the motions. But he wants it to be this special moment right now. It's a special moment, a rare moment, moment where we are doing this in remembrance of Jesus, in remembrance of what he purchased for us. As you take communion, God is going to do miracles because you have this expectancy, because you are truly in your heart valuing what he did. Because for many of you, you did not know until today, your spiritual eyes were not open up until today of what Jesus really did for you. Many of you have been like, oh, Jesus, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. And that's not the way to receive it. But today, your eyes have been opened of how to receive it. Yes, by faith. So because you know how to receive it, you will receive it today. As you take communion, you will be like the woman with the issue of blood who touches the hem of Jesus' robe. And healing was immediately released. Hallelujah. So he took the bread and he says, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance in me, of me. This is my body broken for you. Take it, eat it, eat my body now, he says, and receive what he has given you. And he took the cup. And he says, this is my blood that I've shed for you. When you take this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember now this blood, the power in this blood, the supernatural power in this blood. As you drink it, you are drinking Jesus's blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I see him touching you now. I see his power moving now. Thank you, Lord. I see him releasing healing now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Praise him right now for what he has done. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for giving us new life. Thank you for giving us abundant life in every area, God. And thank you for opening up our eyes today to receive the fullness of what you have given us. And God says, this is what touches my heart more than anything. This is the best present today you can give me, my son, my daughter, to just simply receive what I have given you already. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. May this anointing touch every person here now in Jesus' name. Every person here now. It's time to receive the fullness of what Jesus has provided for you now. Every sickness is gone now, I declare in Jesus' name. Every sickness is gone now. All pain is gone now. Because of the blood of Jesus that you have drank, all pain is gone now. All mental sickness is gone now because of the blood of Jesus that you have drank. Thank you, Jesus. 
all anxiety, all depression, gone now. OCD, gone now in Jesus' name. Every affliction of the enemy, out, go, now in Jesus' name. Suicidal thoughts, go, now in Jesus' name. Curses of poverty upon your life, I declare it to be broken now in Jesus' name. Be free now. Receive abundance in your finances now. In Jesus' name. 